How about now? Now we have audio. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you've been wondering what the heck I've been doing. And yes, I am full of enthusiasm. Great. Uh, <laughs> all right. So let's start this like we're really starting it. Hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank our good friend Todd Bott uh, for letting me use that cool song called Metallic H as our intro music today. Thanks, Todd Bott. Uh, and as you've now seen me mime a few times, we've got a great show uh, in store that includes things beyond just my cool neck dance that I'm doing there. So, uh, but if there are requests, I'm sure I can do that over and over again. In fact, we could just fill an hour with that. How about uh, high concept here? All right. So let's let's get moving now. Now that we have audio, boy, when am I going to learn, huh? Uh, all right. So. First thing I wanted to do is mention our job board. We have a job board at jobs.adafruit.com. And this is, I think, an excellent time to go and check out uh, the people who have posted resumes on there and uh, little intros and the kinds of skills that they're offering. Uh, People are located all over the place. Like uh, we have someone here from Germany, someone in the Ukraine, Denver, Colorado, Richmond Hill, New York, uh, Hawaii, Missouri, look at all these, Minnesota. Uh, So if you're looking for uh, some work to be done remotely right now, this is a great time to go check out the Adafruit job board and see if there's anyone there that meets your needs. Um, We have, uh, excuse me, an absolutely free job board. So you can post your resume on there. You can also post uh, job openings if you're looking to hire someone or bring someone on remotely, full-time, part-time, contract work, freelance. Uh, it's entirely free to everyone. So go check out jobs.adafruit.com uh, to see what uh, what sort of stuff and what sort of people with which sort of skills are available there. Uh, all right. So let's, <laughs> I'm just laughing because over in our Discord chat, pop that up. Uh, thank you. First of all, we have someone, uh, some C. Grover noting that we have a little distortion at the peak. So I'm going to turn down my audio level there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, Wolf220 says they sense a GIF in the near future. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a funky dance GIF, perhaps. Uh, all right, let's see. Also, uh, let's talk about a product pick of the week. So, uh, as you probably know, Adafruit is only shipping essential items, personal uh, protective equipment, and items related to research and development and manufacture of medical equipment uh, related to COVID-19. However, we now have a really snazzy new uh, button on the site for items that are available over at DigiKey. Uh, you can find it on our site, check it out, and then click the Buy at DigiKey button. Let me take a let me uh, show you here. This is the Product pick of the week. This is the Permaproto small mint tin size. Uh, I have one right here. You can see how small that is. And I love this one. Uh, it ended up being the perfect one for my power glove uh, project. You can see it hanging out back here. I'm gluing. There was a, I had some separation there, so I'm gluing it. Uh, but right up in this, uh, what's called the back of the palm area, there's a Permaproto board in there that I've soldered to. And these fit in the little uh, Altoids gum tins or, or small mint tins, I guess. Um, and one nice thing about them is that they have uh, breadboard style configuration. So those uh, columns are connected uh, on this half of the board and a separate column connection on that half of the board. And then in the middle, to keep this small, we have a power and a ground rail. 
um, so you can use those for your connections. Uh, if you take a look over here in the web browser, uh, I've got the product page up. So this is product 1214. Uh, you can get a set of three of them here for $7.95 US. And rather than adding to your cart on uh, the Adafruit site, you can hit this buy on DigiKey button. Uh, if you hit that, it's going to go to the product listing on DigiKey. Uh, it'll let you know there's 145 of them in stock and they ship out immediately. Uh, and I think the price is identical. So uh, here it is, $7.95. So uh, you can place your orders from DigiKey uh, really easily now on Adafruit items. And uh, that right there is my product pick of the week. Um, let's see. What else have we got in store? Oh, you know what? I'd like to do a gear report. So this is actually a gear report, not on something that I have or some old thing I found in my garage uh, or workshop or in the house. Uh, it's also not something uh, that I've recently acquired, but something that I'm thinking about acquiring in the future. Uh, it is a CircuitPython-based sampler playback module called the Winter Bloom Big Honkin' Button. Uh, and you can see this is the... Um, the page from the CircuitPython download. So this is an official uh, registered board uh, that you can download CircuitPython for. Uh, this is gonna be coming out soon. The Big Honkin' button is essentially, has a huge arcade button on it, and it'll play back a sample file. I think, I'm guessing it's WAV files. Um, you can load WAV files onto it. Uh, has a bunch of storage space onto it, so you can load them over USB. Uh, and then, since since this is a modular synthesizer uh, module, you can control things using control voltage uh, as well as incoming gate. You can send out a gate pulse to drive something else, and it sends out that audio. Um, and it runs Circuit Python, so you'll be able to customize it so that different signals you send it pick different uh, sounds or do things to those sounds. I'm assuming there's going to be some DSP processing available so you can change the pitch of your sound and so on. So uh, I wanted to show, oh, we have a, a loud plane overhead. I wanted to show the um, item in action. My one fear is that when I do this, I'm going to lose audio sync because I've been having that problem. So I'm going to save that for the end of the show. Um, but this is uh, a video you can find up on the either the Winter Bloom or the uh, the Thea Valkyrie, our friend Stargirl. Thea Flowers uh, is the creator of this module. Um, here you can see the module. Uh, the board is tiny, uh, even though your rec module is about that big. It takes up a little less than half the space, I think. Uh, and I believe this is an AtSamD21 chip that it's uh, got there running the, uh, the circuit Python and, and uh, some, some uh, flash memory for loading your samples. Uh, if our good friend Thea is, yes, Stargirl is in, this, in the Discord chat. So if you have any questions, you can ask. Uh, she confirms, yes, it's a SAMD21 with four megabytes of flash. So you can load a lot of samples on there. That's very cool. Uh, and I'm assuming it's mono playback, so, so that doubles the amount of samples that you can put on there uh, since you're not dealing with stereo. Um, let's see. Oh no, someone said that my audio is already starting to separate. I wonder if that's because I showed that web page, huh? Let's, uh, let's see if I can bring it back. Let's go to just this camera for a second. I feel like Maybe, at least what I'm seeing looks, looks synced, but I'm not seeing it go filtering through all of the rest of the internet. 
Um, so let me know if that gets uh, gets bad. It looks like some people are saying it's okay. Uh, all right, so uh, I also wanted to show, let's see, the, this will probably break my audio again. Uh, here's the product page on, on the Winter Bloom site. Uh, you can go check it out. It's also a, a uh, a steal at $69. That's pretty low uh, cost for Eurorack module. Uh, and if you don't have a full Eurorack setup and you just want to do s- some circuit Python coding on an audio board uh, with a big honking button on it that uh, is um, able to send out audio and, and you could use gate and CV for other things, uh, you can make like your own little, you know, small case. I've built built some of these modules into cigar box and, and cardboard boxes before, uh, get a little power supply uh, and you might use it as even just a little standalone development thing for, for learning how to code some audio things on CircuitPython. Um, yes, okay, so I will, I will try to play that uh, audio clip and video later. Uh, but now, I think this is a great time to jump into the Make Code Minute. All right, so uh, for the Make Code Minute today, let me bring up my Chrome browser here so I can see it. Uh, yeah, and I'll show, you, I'll show you a live demo of this afterward. Let's talk about the, uh, the coding that's gone on here. So for the Make Code Minute today, what I wanted to do was show you how you can use arrays to create your own custom lists of NeoPixels. So a lot of times uh, dealing with Circuit Playground Express in Make Code, we want to do things like light up particular NeoPixels. And if we're trying to light them not just in sort of the zero to nine order, uh, you can get into some pretty complicated math to deal with looping around if you want to go from uh, the fourth one up to the eighth one going over the top of the, the board there. It gets a little complicated. And so what I've done instead is I've created a couple of arrays, and these are just lists of NeoPixel numbers. So you can see here I have an array that goes 21098, and that is the uh, sort of 9 o'clock position, the far left NeoPixel, and then running counterclockwise, or rather running clockwise up across the top. Then I have another array, this is called the B list, and this is... 76543. So this runs down the bottom. And uh, then what I'm doing with those lists is when I click either the A button or the B button, I am calling a item in that list, which is easy to call those in order. Uh, and then they have their own custom orders that we get to utilize for the effect. So when I press A, you'll see I'm running a red NeoPixel that's just going to loop endlessly across the top of the board, even though those are funny, weird numbers. Uh, And the same with the B button, I go down across the bottom of the board. Uh, And so let's take a look at that inside of a uh, down shooter here. You should be able to see, yeah, you can see those colors pretty well. Uh, So here, I know my finger will be in the way, as I press the A button, I'm looping through that one list, that array Uh, of values. And then when I press the B button, I'm doing the same with the other list. Uh, And so that's a way that you can create unique uh, sets of NeoPixels or other numbers to deal with inside of MakeCode. And that is your MakeCode Minute. Hey, there's two of me. Hello, second one of me. Let's go away. Yeah. Uh, All right. So 
I know I've, um, I've shown some impressive games before on uh, the Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week, but this one may be the one that takes the cake. Uh, the, the gameplay on this one is just extraordinary, so uh, I'm really excited to uh, show off my Make Code Arcade Game Pick of the Week this week, which is... Dun, dun, dun called WC Man version 1.2 DX edition. Uh, I don't know what WC Man stands for. I'm going to guess it's Wall Climber Man because this is a wall climbing game. Uh, and here I've, I've uh, popped this open inside of the simulator. And again, I know that the frame rates are no good when I, when I broadcast. So pretend you're seeing this in great smooth frame rate. So we have this little, uh, little character here. And the character, when you jump will stick to a wall and you're trying to avoid hitting those terrible, terrible blades. I'm going to restart so that we're in a, a, a gentler board to begin with. So jumping into blades, bad, always restarts you immediately. Uh, jumping and hitting a wall, good. And that is the sort of trick of the whole thing is learning how to jump, whoops, or even fall and stick to a wall so that you have enough clearance to do uh, the next required woo, leap that you need to make. So it's similar to Celeste, uh, and there's probably other games like it, but oh, yes. Uh, again, I'm sorry, I know the frame rates are probably no good, but hopefully you're seeing some of the idea of this. Woo, made it. Ah, and I'm dead. Uh, so really, really great gameplay. I haven't tried it on hardware yet, but I'm dying to put this one on a Pi Gamer or a Pi Badge because I think it'll be a really fun uh, just D-pad and a single controller for jump is all you need to play it. Um, one thing I wanted to look at is the method of creating this wall sticking effect. Uh, so if we look at the code here, uh, it's all in blocks. There is a, let me scroll way up. There's a big on-game update block. So this is on every sort of tick of the internal game clock, the things in here happen. And one of them is this check which says, is the character hitting a wall to the right or is the character hitting a wall to the left? And is the character's velocity not uh, greater than or equal to zero? And so, uh, velocity on Y that is, so, so jumping. Uh, and so what this means is if the character is uh, moving on Y and hitting a wall, then this condition is met and the character's velocity is suddenly set to zero on Y, so it stops the, that motion. Uh, and the acceleration as well is set to zero, and then there's also some, some changes in the image to, to show that kind of clinging onto the wall um, sprite. So that's really cool. It's a, a very elegant way to deal with this question of how do I get the character to stick to things, but not all the time. We don't want to always stick to the wall. Um, so it's checking if the wall's to the right or the left and the acceleration on Y. Uh, and so that is the... Uh, brilliant and deviously difficult, uh, very addictive game, uh, my pick of the week for the Make Code Arcade, and that is WC Man version 1.2 DX Edition by Rehan Panchi 256. So go check that out. And I do encourage you to check it out because I know the game, the gameplay, um, Frame rates will, will look funny in this video, but uh, in, in real life, it's smooth like butter and really terrific. And all those knives, my gosh. Uh, let's see. Let me check back in with Discord, uh, see how we're doing as far as 
questions, thoughts, my audio sync. I'm always nervous about my audio sync. Um, let's see. Someone said Twitch seems to have a clearer picture. Huh. Yeah, Twitch seems to get the stream quicker too. Uh, all right. Audio's good. Yay. All right. Thank you, Mr. Certainly. Uh, let's see. So what have we got next? Uh, let me check, check my little plans and notes. None of my plans and notes involved me not having audio for the first few minutes of the show, by the way. If it were easy to clip that on the YouTube archive, I would. All right. Talked about that. Talk about big honking button. Make it. All right. So, okay. Let's talk about our, uh, our upcoming project. So project of the week. Uh, let's see. Someone said scroll up. Scroll up. Are you having problems? Let's see. Are there other questions? I don't think so. Audio still fine. Uh, do any Adafruit worker still use R Pies? Yeah, lots of people using Raspberry Pis for projects. Uh, the most recent project I used the Raspberry Pi for was um, the broadcast net. So using uh, BLE running on Circuit Python devices to send sensor data to a Raspberry Pi, and then the Raspberry Pi using its Wi-Fi or an Ethernet connection to send up to Adafruit I.O. So that was a great use of Raspberry Pi as a little hub. Uh, I also recently built a um, Octo... What's his name? OctoCam. Uh, it's a Raspberry Pi Z uh, running a uh, open source version of sort of a security camera, nanny cam, nest, uh, ring doorbell kind of cam thing. Uh, I'm forgetting the name now. I showed it a couple weeks ago of the uh, operating, of, it's a uh, code running on the Raspberry Pi in a specific cut of, uh, of Raspbian, I believe it is. So a couple of Raspberry Pi projects there. And then I think I also know uh, of a couple uh, friends of mine who've been using them to do Octoprint uh, to run their 3D printers. Um, and also get camera footage of their 3D printers. So I imagine there's a lot of Raspberry Pi action going on. Uh, oh, and Chris Topher says, uh, that's an awesome game. You inspired me to buy a Pi Gamer. <laughs> get it from Digikey. Good, yeah, I, ho I hope it plays on there. Sometimes people run into things where they can't get games to run well on hardware, but Rayhan Ponchi uh, does a great job and will hunt down, I'm guessing, any problems if it's, if it's not running on hardware. Uh, so maybe I'll give that a try this week and see. Uh, Motion iOS. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Certainly, that is it. Motion iOS uh, is what I'm using to basically look at my front porch. And yes, OctoPrint on Raspberry Pi to control all of your 3D printers, says Todd. Excellent. Um, yeah, Connor McCarter, same, using RPi3 for OctoPi. Works great. Excellent. Okay, so uh, let's get on to our project of the week. So I'm just starting on this project. Uh, and what this is, let me swap over to the down shooter here and uh, take a look at, this is a pulse oximeter. Zoom out, zoom out just a little bit here. Uh, yeah, it looks decently in focus. And what a pulse oximeter is, is a method of measuring both the blood oxygen content, the ratio of blood uh, to oxygen in your blood, as well as your heart rate in beats per minute, uh, as well as one other uh, piece of data, which is, um, it's called the PLIF, I believe, and it's a graph of the strength of your heartbeat, I think. I don't understand it that well yet, so I'll be digging into that one. Uh, but the two that show up on here when you turn it on and put your finger in, uh, we should see that, 
Let me try to focus this just a little better. Wrong way. There we go. Uh, so you'll see on the left there is my blood oxygen uh, percentage, which is at about 98% right there, uh, hovering between, I think, 98 and 99%. Uh, and there's my heart rate at 82, which is quite elevated uh, just because I'm broadcasting live and it gets all your uh, adrenaline going. Um, and so this is pretty neat. It shows you, shows you that data. And uh, the blood oxygen ratio is pretty important for monitoring certain uh, illnesses as well as, pe- I believe, people who are doing uh, intense types of interval training where they're maybe doing oxygen starvation to up their red blood count for things like cycling and triathlons. Um, so there's a number of uses for uh, figuring out your um, uh, percentage of uh, oxygen in your blood. Uh, and it's also a heart rate monitor. Now, this thing, you can just look at it, but it also can be sent to uh, an app over Bluetooth. And so what we decided to do was uh, Dan Halbert dug, dug around and found that the um, protocol, the Bluetooth protocol for this is documented well by the manufacturer. And so he's written a circuit Python library that allows us to uh, use that Bluetooth data on a uh, Circuit Python based device. So what I've got here is I've put together a uh, Feather NRF52840, which is a Bluetooth LE Feather, and then I also have on here a data logger. And so uh, the first step of this is just getting the um, info to print on here. So what I'm going to do is uh, hook up my uh, Feather here over. USB so that we can look at its serial output, excuse me, right inside of Moo. Um, So I'm going to bring up Moo here and let's open up the serial port. And I'm going to unplug my camera switcher because that always causes me problems (laughs) because it's a little trinket running CircuitPython. Uh, and now it's detected this device, I believe. So I'm going to restart it. Uh, and so what you'll see here is I'm reading, uh, let me, let me load the code on here and comment one thing out just for a second. So that's a little easier to see. Uh, let's take out this pleth. That's what that thing is. I'm going to take out this print statement here and resave it. can zoom in a bit as well. Uh, okay, so what you're seeing now is my, this SpO2, that's the blood oxygen ratio or percentage. So it's coming up at 99%. Uh, and you can see here that uh, should match pretty well. It might, I, th- I think this one might be uh, rounding. Uh, you know, I think the, the value might be above 98.5 when it's showing 99 on, on one of them and 98 on the other. Um, and then showing my pulse rate, which again is pretty elevated just from being on camera. Uh, and then this pleth value is actually showing a graph of your uh, heart rate. So what I decided to do, again, just for visualization, was graph this to the plotter inside of Moo. So if I print uh, this value as a tuple, um, then I can see it show up on the graph. So I'm going to resave this. And then I'm going to open up the plotter in Moo. I'll close the serial port. Uh, 
Uh, and now you're seeing essentially a graph of that heart rate. Uh, and it'll be, you know, a little jagged just because of the, the rate of transmission. Um, we're not getting as smooth a stream of data as we would like. Uh, we could also, using a different visualizer, smooth out some of those peaks. But this is just for every sample it's getting, it's, it's drawing a straight line to that next sample. Um, and so there's a, uh, I, I believe, and I don't understand this that well, but I believe there's a strength to the heartbeat that this helps measure. Um, so it's sometimes you can, you can see the um, heart rate just pulsing along at a, at a decent clip. Uh, at an expected rate, but the um, strength of the beat isn't necessarily what you'd want if this is a, a, a smaller graph. So um, I'll learn more about that. That's one of the fun things about doing a guide like this is, is learning things obscure to me, things about pulse oximetry that I never knew. Um, and so let me take this off for a second now. Uh, it'll, it'll just stop plotting when I take it off. It'll disconnect. Uh, if we look, look in the plotter here or in the... Uh, REPL here, you can see I'm going to comment out that oh, we'll leave it on, okay uh, you can see what happens when I take this off after a moment it will stop uh, it'll break the connection essentially uh, and we'll, we'll see that this is disconnected and it'll start searching again for, for a device, uh, at least it should there, there it goes, it says scanning down at the bottom um, so one thing I wanted to mention is just how these things work. So, uh, I would think being naive about these things that measuring oxygen, uh, content of your blood would require a, a sample of blood, uh, and a lab. Uh, but as it turns out, um, you can measure the oxygen content by, uh, essentially transmitting both infrared and colored light, uh, to particular specific wave, la- wavelengths of light are beamed through some LEDs essentially in the top of this thing uh, down into a sensor on the other side uh, and the color of that um, that light coming through varies enough if there's more or less oxygen in the blood to uh, be able to count both the percentage of, of oxygen as well as the heart rate because it looks different on the blood flowing out and the blood flowing back. So that's the sort of basic, my basic understanding of that principle, how that works. Um, the, uh, the code that we have here, I'll, I'll, I'll show you what we've got running so far. So, uh, let's, let me take a look at my Moo session again. Um, what is happening up here is we're bringing in some of our Bluetooth LEIO, uh, library, Adafruit BLE library, and then, uh, advertising so that it can, um, uh, look for an advertisement that has a certain service. So we're looking for this BLE Berry Med, B-E-R-R-Y is the company who make this pulse oximeter. Um, you, if you're going to look for one, we'll, we'll have it in the guide. I, I believe Adafruit has this now in the store. Um, it's not for sale yet, except for to, I believe, to uh, medical uses, but eventually we'll be stocking these regularly. And they're not that expensive. I think I got this one for $25 or something like that. Um, the, the kind you want is, I believe it's called a BM1000C, uh, Berry Med BM1000C. Uh, and that's one of the few that use a protocol that we've been able to, to dig into enough to write a library. Uh, so Dan wrote a library. It's this one, Adafruit BLE Berry Med Pulse Oximeter Library. So we're importing that. 
Uh, we're then uh, instantiating the BLE radio. Then we start, uh, we print that we're scanning, and then we just start looking for advertisements of devices that say they have the Berry Med uh, protocol. So that's, that's a, um, uh, an attribute characteristic that we're looking for when, uh, when this thing is turned on and broadcasting. Uh, we then will connect to it, and then we'll try to uh, fetch the manufacturer uh, attribute as well as the model number attribute. Um, so it verifies that we have the one we, we think we have. And I think we reprint that at the beginning as well. If you watch in my um, REPL, it says fetch connection, device Barry BM1000E, it's saying, actually. Oh, that's interesting. I thought this was the C model. Um, I'm not sure what the difference is, but I've seen both listed on their website. Uh, and then once we're connected, uh, what I'm doing is I'm checking, first of all, if the pulse ox service values. So all of the things that we're looking for, which are if there's a valid connection, the blood oxygen percentage, the pulse rate, that pleth graph uh, waveform, as well as is the finger in there. Uh, that's something else that it, that it senses and tells you. Uh, those are the five pieces of data that come in one uh, attribute uh, chunk of data. Uh, so then uh, as long as those have a value, and uh, I think I'm also checking that the oxygen rate, no, the pulse value. I'm checking that the pulse value is not 255. I just noticed that's what it transmits at first. Uh, it sends that a few times before it sorts itself out. So I'm saying wait until it's not 255, because if it's 255, I have bigger problems. But once it's uh, in a normal range, then I'll start doing this stuff below, which is unpacking that uh, list, that characteristic that has these uh, five pieces of data in it into their own variables. And so that's what this uh, list values 0, 1, 2, 3, and 4 index that I'm grabbing that, that data from. Uh, and then I'm just printing three of them right here. Uh, so I've, I've got a little print statement where I'm formatting, let me zoom in a little further for you, uh, where I'm formatting the SpO2 variable that I'm grabbing from here, grabbing that pulse rate variable that I'm grabbing here, uh, and then this pleth graph number, which you'll see kind of bouncing up and down. It's easier to see that one as a plotted graph. Uh, and that is it. That is all we're doing so far. And then we have some... Uh, uh, disconnection on, on connection errors, and then we start looking uh, again. We set the connection to none, which means we'll start looking again up at the top here. Um, so that's how it's working now. Uh, I'm actually new to using the um, this little guy here. Let me move. I move out of the way. I haven't used this before. This is the Ada, Ada Logger uh, Featherwing. So uh, we have some Ada Logger uh, feathers. So there's one I think that's an M M zero M M zero blue fruit that has this uh, data logging built in, and I think another one, 32U4 maybe. Uh, but this is just a feather wing that you can plug into any feather, which is great. And then I'm using a, a little feather doubler here uh, to put them side by side. They could go over under. Uh, so this has a real time clock and a battery backup for the real time clock, and it has an SD card. And so I'll be able to send the data to the SD card. Uh, which allows you to have a connection kind of anytime you're using this, and it'll have a, a timestamp on it. Um, we'll store that data on there, and then we can bring that data as like a comma-separated value list to look at if you want to go crazy inside of Excel looking at it or other 
quantified self applications you want to use to get that data. Uh, this will be a, a really nice way to uh, have big chunks of uh, your pulse uh, data as well as your blood oxygen level data uh, in case you're doing some kind of training or for medical reasons, you'll be able to uh, pull that off the SD card for later use. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm actually going to be looking at, uh, there was a guide that Catney uh, created on data logging. I think it was temperature and humidity using a, uh, uh, a little I squared C humidity sensor and temperature sensor. So uh, that one's done in CircuitPython. Uh, it seems like it has most of the hallmarks of the things I'll need. I think she was using that same feather wing. So um, now that I've got the connection to the pulse oximeter and I can break out those individual data pieces, I should be able to start writing them to that SD card as a big text file and then access that later. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be working on with this pulse, pulse oximeter logger project. Very excited about it. Uh, and that's the uh, project of the week. So uh, let's see. Let's uh, take a look back over on Discord. What did I miss? Um, let's see. 255 pulse eek. Yes, uh, this is true. Uh, that, would be, that would be a problem. Oh, so Do Wester is saying, I finally learned your name. Do Wester is saying smartwatches sometimes use a method of light sense versus light return, sent versus returned and pulse to determine blood pressure. Not very accurate uh, in your experience, I see. Um, Andy Calloway says less oxygen, more blue. That makes sense. Uh, good. Oh, yeah, and someone posted, uh, Do Wester posted, there was a uh, pulse project done with the Circuit Playground Express that you can go check out. Make it pulse uh, is, is on the learn guide. Uh, using the little uh, one NeoPixel and the little light sensor that's right next to it. Um, yeah, amazing this works as well as it does. I figured this would be big honking, huge, expensive equipment. Uh, but speaking of honking, that is my uh, cue. Oh, actually, I got one, one other thing first and, and then back to that amazing segue. Um, I will be running the show and tell we have two a week now, so we have the one on Wednesday evenings, and now we have this one. Uh, it should be a half-hour show and tell starting at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time. I even wrote it down there so I could just read it off the screen instead of kind of getting them all wrong in my head, which I always do. Uh, so that'll be in uh, about an hour, a little less than an hour. I'll, I'll get set up now after this show, and if you have something you want to show, it can be a project you're working on or you've made, a tool you want to show off, uh, some ideas behind some projects, some uh, vintage gear, 8-bit computers. Uh, bring it on. We'd love to see what you're making. Could even be uh, if you're baking bread. I know that's super popular right now, particularly uh, during, during quarantine. So uh, bring by something you, uh, you're excited to show off to the show and tell, won't you please? Uh, I will be putting up a link to the... Um, to the show and tell on StreamYard in the Discord. So head, head to adafru.it slash Discord uh, if you want to get onto the Adafru Discord. And in the live stream channel, uh, I'll post that link. And there's also a blog post that went up earlier and another one that'll be going up later uh, right before the show that will give you any info you need. Uh, all right, so now uh, I want to show, hopefully this, uh, this will work. I want to show this demo of the Big Honkin' button, which was my uh, gear report pick this week. 
Uh, here it is in action. We'll see if you can hear it. Awesome is that? I'm very excited about the big honking button. Uh, you can see there, yeah, there was definitely some pitch shifting stuff going on. I, I, I'm going to guess that was uh, through control voltage going into the big honking button, but uh, Stargirl is in our uh, Discord chat a lot, so you may be able to ask her there uh, if you have any questions about big honking button. Uh, all right, well, thank you so much for stopping by and watching. Uh, for Adafruit Industries, I'm John Park, and this has been John Park's Workshop. I will see you very soon on Show and Tell. And then I'll see you here again next week for the next Jump Arcs Workshop. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye-bye.